You're very welcome to the Women's National League podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie, where we talk about all things Irish soccer, and particularly Irish women's soccer. Uh, Aaron Clark joins me again for the first of what's going to be a, a special series through the season. Uh, we're looking at the Irish players play, playing their trade abroad in the foreign leagues. First up is uh, former Cork City captain Becky Casson. We'll be chatting to her, of course, with other clubs as well, but best known in recent years for uh, her time at Cork. We're going to be chatting to her in just a few moments. Um, she is, of course, playing her trade in the Spanish second tier at the moment. She's just joined a new club there. I'm not going to chance how they say their name. Uh, Casareno, maybe, but she will clarify for that for us in just a few moments. But Aaron, this is something we've talked about on and off the show for the last few months um, the Irish girls playing abroad. We've just come out of a World Cup. Most of those players playing abroad, but of course, huge interest in those players and how they're getting on. And this is something we just thought we'd throw together. Yeah, it's, it's something different. It's something extra to make sure that we're 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 also making sure we don't negate our, our national league coverage as well. And it's it's good to keep an eye on them. I, I know the stuff that's going on behind them. Final whistle. People will be able to see a lot more soon, and then you'll be able to really keep an eye who plays where and how long they play and stuff like that. And, you know, getting to talk to some of these players that we might get to talk to on a, on a normal basis would be interesting as well to hear the stories, hear about the journey, because we don't always hear about the journey. We don't always hear about how they ended up in a place or how they actually get on in a place. You only see little snippets once they go abroad, far from the big people who are always on TV. But other than that, you don't see an awful lot or hear an awful lot about some of these players. So it's nice to sort of bring it back a little bit and, and talk, talk more football with, with more Irish players. Yeah, just a quick count here. I make it 40 players that we know of at the moment playing their trade in professional leagues abroad. Probably another maybe 15, 16 and rising every day as we find out new names uh, taking part in Division One football in the NCAA in the States as well. We want to try and add them into the system. But you will be able to get all this information on finalwhistle.ie. But this being the week that it is in terms of women's football, all eyes on the World Cup at the moment. We're down to the final two and a bit. Third and fourth place playoff, of course, Taken took place this morning. We're recording it before that, though, so we don't know the result. Uh, but it is all about the World Cup final this week, England and Spain. So we decided um, we would go to Spain for the first of our guests. And uh, newly arrived in Spain, I know Tyler Toland recently left Levante, uh, but the new arrival to Spain is, of course, Becky Casson, and she joins us now. Becky, you're very, very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Ah, it's our pleasure to have you. First of all, you might clarify how you pronounce the name of your new team. It's Casareño. Okay. Yeah, Without so you weren't too far off. It wasn't yeah, too yeah. bad. Um, it's, it's very new. It's uh, only two weeks since you moved to the club from uh, your previous uh, club in Denmark. Of course, you've been to France as well since you left Cork. Um, I suppose, tell us how you've been. We had you on the show when you were at Cork. Um, how have you been over the last 18 months or so? How has uh, life been for you post-Women's uh, National League or LOI Premier Division as it is now? Yeah, it's been good. Um, I suppose towards the end of my time with City, I knew I wanted to try something new Um, I never thought I'd be good enough to play professionally but thought I'd give it a go move to France um, and then I've ended up in Denmark and Spain so yeah I can't complain too much it's been it's been a roller coaster definitely the last I suppose 12 months pretty much but it's been well worthwhile yeah you talk about not being not being potentially not being good enough how have you found adapting because obviously when you go play professional different standards, different mentalities, training loads. How do you find moving into professional football? I think 
I've noticed in myself that I just adapt to whatever level um, that's required. I, at least I've noticed so far anyways that I've really enjoyed going into a team where you don't know what to expect and you don't know any players and it's completely new and you just have to step up or else you'll get left behind. So it was like that in, in Nice. I have very little French, so I had no choice but to be good enough on the football side of things because I couldn't communicate very well. So um, I enjoyed that. In Denmark, it was different. They all spoke English, so it was a different kind of challenge. But again, in Spain, I don't speak Spanish. Um, I'm only learning. So kind of from the first day, I had to, had to hit the ground running, um, show that I can that I can play. And I, I like that challenge. It's been, I've really enjoyed it. And the girls have been really nice and welcoming too. So it's made my life much easier. Well, in terms of the hit the ground running, we do have a photo of you with your new teammates there. Mm-hmm. Um, I spot the white girl in the middle who uh, <laughs> hasn't quite caught up with the tan yet. Um, it's It looks like a, a really good facility. Uh, it looks like a really good um, setup. Obviously, you expect that in a professional environment. But how have you found the the Spanish um, structures to be? Obviously, you're in the in a club who are traditionally in the, the higher end of the second tier, competing for that promotion place. I know that's a goal of yours this year. Um, what's the setup like? What's the structures like? The facilities, the coaching, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's been really good. Um, from what I've seen so far, it feels like very much a family club. Um, you know, everyone is always there at the sessions. We arrive early to watch the second team train. We'll all, the, the first team, like we'll sit around doing our stretches, mobility. Everyone is very together. So in that sense, it's different. But I think that's culturally, that's very Spanish to feel, you know, like everyone is a family. So that's been nice. Um, yeah, like you said, the facilities are good. The pitches is, is astro. Most of the pitches are AstroTurf because of the weather. It's been 38 to 40 degrees pretty much every day since I've been here. So there's not, not a lot of rain. Um, but the pitches are watered and things like that. It's good. I've really enjoyed it. The coaching has been good. Um, manager doesn't speak very much English, but it hasn't felt like that. Do you know, he'll always we'll always interact in in whatever way we can. So yeah, it's it's good. You mentioned there about sitting around watching the second team train. How do you sort of for you coming in from the outside when not where barely you know a Spanish? What's that like though? Because the dynamic room, especially the players around you, sort of a lot of them speak in Spanish as well. Yeah, it's I'm picking up words here and there so I can kind of interact with the girls and we can have a bit of banter or whatever. Um, I try to teach them English. They're trying to teach me Spanish. Fails most of the time um, in both ways. But no, it's good. It's, you know, football is so universal that sometimes you don't need to speak the same language to, to understand each other. And even if it's a pat on the back, you know, someone pat me on the back to let me know I did okay or a thumbs up or a wink or whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be a conversation, you know. Um, but I'm sure I'm confident that this time next year I'll be speaking speaking Spanish. So that's the goal. We might hold you to that, but we won't be able to understand you when we have you back at the show next year. In terms of, I suppose, the the reality of how life affects you, because we all talk about the football side of things, and yeah, in theory, go get a contract somewhere. And um, but that doesn't. We don't think about the stuff like moving house, like final accommodation. Uh, the language is a huge one, obviously, as well. But even just the the day-to-day happenings of being in a brand new environment, brand new language, the, the weather, all of these things change from season to season. I, I mean, football season rather than kind of autumn, winter, summer, spring. Mm-hmm. But it, like, how do you deal with all that stuff as a professional women's footballer where the budgets probably aren't quite as big as they are in the men's? The options in terms of how many different places you can find a contract aren't as plentiful. Um, 
and all of those things still cost the same amount of money for anybody who's moving country, never mind moving uh, apartments. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, it is stressful. Um, I've definitely had quite a stressful time since moving to France. Just like you said, moving house, moving um, accommodation with all your stuff. And when I moved back from Denmark, it was there was about two months there where I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know what I should I go back and play in the National League? Would I even get any other offers to go play professionally? Um, so that was that was stressful. I didn't really unpack while I was home because I could have been gone a week later, you know. So when I eventually did get the offer to come to Spain, it was luckily I had about two weeks that I knew, you know, I could be with family, be with friends before leaving and being gone for six months till Christmas and then nine months till the end of the season, whatever. Um, but yeah, coming here, it was a big suitcase, a small suitcase, a backpack, and that's your life in your, in, you know, which while you're traveling. So did it on my own, flew to Madrid, um, and then got a bus, a three hour bus out here. And I've had to move, move twice, move accommodation twice before actually getting into my apartment, but you do it all on your own. And yeah, like you said, people don't realize, um, what goes on behind it. And sometimes we only see the highlights if it's on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. But the reality is that you're just a normal person just going about like your your uh, your life, moving your life around. So, but I can't complain. I'm currently living my dream. So it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's not the worst. Bit of a two-pronged question for you. First one, did you get your dad a jersey yet? Because he, he had the cork jersey on pretty quickly, um, Dave did. And we know what Dave's like when it comes to, to extra views. And secondly, like, did the club help you when you're sort of, because you said you've moved twice, did the club help you with accommodation? Are you... Are you looking to source all that yourself, especially when you come to a new country? No, so the club has been really good. Um, they they put me in a house with some players first, just to get me settled, uh, which was really nice. And I've gotten quite close with those girls. So, but I had to move then again to to this apartment. So, they helped me find this place. Um, and I got a lift with my bags to move up. But once you're here, you walk in the door and it's just empty, an empty apartment, and it's silent and you know, you're very much on your own. Um, but the club have been brilliant. Um, really good so far. In terms of my dad, he's already booked a trip for November, so I'm sure he'll get his jersey uh, when he's over. Yeah. And buy his own jersey, basically. Is the, is <laughs> yeah. Adidas, as we can see from your top, it's, it's Adidas stuff. It ain't cheap. Mm-hmm. He, can, uh, he can fork out for himself. In terms yeah. of the actual league, uh, we know some of the, the club names uh, from, I suppose, men's football and the Champions League and, and La Liga uh, in th- that are in the top tier. So the Barcelonas, the Real Madrid's, that sort of stuff. We know some of the players they'll be on show tomorrow, um, Sunday, in the, the World Cup final. Uh, the second tier does have some familiar names, but there's a few others. Uh, any particular highlights when you look at the fixture list in terms of maybe venues or teams you get to play against? Have you had that pinch me moment yet? Yeah, um, as soon as I got the fixtures... The, our second game is away to Barcelona, uh, Barcelona's B team. So that was, I, I had to kind of double look, like check it twice to make sure it was actually the case. But yeah, so we'll be going to Barcelona for that. Um, I think we play three times in Barcelona. There's three teams based there. So Deportivo, I think, is one of them, or Espanyol. Um, yeah, Real Madrid, their B team, which are, I think they're slightly linked with the club, but not exactly. They have a different name. Atletico Madrid, Bilbao teams like this no it's 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 kind of crazy to think you know I'll be going to we'll be playing against Barcelona in their training ground so I'll be you know in amongst it there so yeah it's exciting is that the little stadium next door to the new camp that you get to play in or is it their actual training ground 
I'm not sure. I think it might be the training ground. Um, and we, we train in the mornings as well. So there was kind of murmurs around the team, you know, oh, will the Barcelona team be in training? Stuff like that. But yeah, no, it's exciting. In terms of like, like you probably don't, you probably can't answer this question just yet. Like we see with a lot of countries, travel-wise, because you, you say you're quite a, you're a couple of hours from Madrid. Is it a flight everywhere? Is it a bus to everywhere? Because I can imagine you're being used to being on buses up and down up and down the country in Ireland. And, I've been on Spanish uh, buses. I hope it's not that. I, the first thing I thought when I got on the bus in Madrid was, please, God, let the air conditioning be working. Um, yeah, it'll be a bus. If we play further than Madrid, it, we'll stay the night before. So we'll travel on the Friday or the, or the Saturday and stay in a hotel and then play on the following day. So um, that'll be new for me. I haven't had that um, since I played in the Bob Doherty, I'd say, staying in a hotel before playing a game. Um, yeah, and if it's in Madrid, it'll just be travel on the day because it's not too far. So It's not too far. Or it's like Cork to Dublin. We give out in this country when we have to do that exact journey, Cork to Dublin or Cork to Belfast, it becomes a, a huge discussion about travel time and cost. Uh, it does kind of bring it all into perspective, but you probably had it a little bit in France as well when uh, the team you're playing is like a thousand kilometers away from you. Um, how how do you deal with that side of things? Again, from, a, I suppose, a human side, never mind the footballer side. Um, well, you have no choice, first of all. Um, and you, you just accept that it's part of it. And it's exciting as well, the fact that I'm going to get to, it might be nine hours away, but I'm going to Barcelona um, to play a football match. You know, something like that is just kind of, for a younger me, was kind of like beyond my wildest dreams. So that's really nice. So I won't complain. Um, but yeah, it's just part of it. You just accept it. You download loads of stuff on your phone or your iPad and you bring snacks and you sleep. I think you can ask any any player, it's the exact same situation. Yeah. Sleep in the heat. Pray if I can hardly I can hardly sleep when I travel and you <laughs> to be doing things, things like that where it's where you're saying it's 35, 40 degrees so bit a bit of adjustment to be needed. Yeah, the first week was it was a baptism baptism of fire, I think. Um luckily enough we've been training in the evening because of the heat. But it's still thirty eight degrees, but the, the sun is set, that's the only difference. Um so yeah, that took a bit of adjusting, but I think I'm getting there now. But four litres of water every day does the job. Yeah, you'll find uh, you've got to do that uh, a lot or, or in the heat when you're trying to compete. Yeah. Um, many, many moons ago in college, we did go to a football tournament in Barcelona. Uh, the the Now, I was never at that level of, of uh, athletes, but we did have some players who were kind of decent athletes, but it was the just the dehydration alone, such a huge problem. And you're going to have that everywhere you play. Uh, maybe not in the depths of winter, but in the early stages and late stages of the season, it's going to be absolutely horrific. Um the human side of it, you're lit, you've moved to the middle of Spain. You're just a couple of hours, as you mentioned, outside Madrid to the west, towards the Portuguese border. Uh, you told us off air beforehand that you're equidistant between the two. Are you looking forward to maybe exploring the country a little bit? I know when we talk to the Irish or the American girls, specifically, or Canadian girls based in Ireland, they don't really get much time to get away and, and explore. Are you hoping to do some of that when you get away? Yeah, if we get the time, I definitely will. I think it's a big part of... Um, for me, it was a big part of coming and playing in Europe or playing abroad was that I got the chance to see where I was playing and explore the countries that I'm playing in. So, yeah, I think if we get the time off, which I'm not sure we will with how packed the schedule is, I think there's more than 15 teams in the league. So it's a bit more, it's more than the National League. It's, you know, we've got cup games as well. So 
I will if we get the chance to. Um, but I think next summer will be the, the big chance for me to go exploring. You talk about exploring a little bit. What's what's a day to day like for you? So say you say you're training in the evening, you're a professional footballer in a in a foreign country where the weather is beautiful. What's a, what's a typical day for you in, in Spain? It's I think if you ask most professional footballers, obviously I'm only new to it, so um it's quite boring, it is to be frank. Um you wake up, you eat at the moment because we train in the evenings, we have to do our gym sessions during the day. So and the Spanish like their siestas, so the gyms usually close for about four hours in the middle of the day, so you have to go early. Um so gym in the morning, come back, have lunch, have a siesta, um, have more food and then go training, come back and we, we train quite late. We train at nine, half eight, nine. So I don't get home till 11 p.m. Spanish time, which means I'm not eating dinner until, you know, half 11 or thereabouts, I'm not getting to sleep till like one in the morning. It's it's taken a bit to get used to, but I think once we start training earlier in the afternoon, it'll be it'll be better. But yeah, at the moment, I've I think I've watched everything on Netflix um, and Amazon Prime I'm getting good use out of my subscriptions, um, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's not it's not the worst. I can go for walks and um, Carrefour, big fan of Carrefour. Uh, so I've spent a lot of time in there picking up bits for the apartment and stuff like that. Yeah, it's not in the terms, worst. Yeah. In terms of the actual town or city itself, uh, what can you tell us about the actual town you're living in? So it's a really historic place, actually. it's um, I think it's the oldest town in Spain. Caceres is the name of the town itself. I was only in, in the centre for the first time yesterday walking around. It's it's beautiful. It's very, it's like a walled um a walled city so there's a lot of narrow cobbled streets and stuff like that to walk around i think when it gets cooler i might do a walking tour um, and take it all in now it's beautiful it's really nice loads of places to go for coffee and uh churros and stuff so i think i'm in the right place you know yeah. we, we've been do, we've been just dealing with the rain but like for you though like it's a big adjustment, you know, going going abroad. Like you said, you said you're going, you come over by yourself and having to spend a lot of time, you know, when you're not training, you're not in the gym by yourself and things like that. Like, how how important do your like your teammates become? Although the language can be a bit of a barrier, how important do they become when you, you know, to help you adjust and get into the into the full swing of things? Well, they're so important. I think when you're when you first come over, like I have on my own, I think they're the most important. Uh, factor in getting settled is that you feel comfortable with your teammates and we went for breakfast together yesterday which was really nice um and like yeah like you said the language is a is a barrier but you can still like I've got google translate out on my phone you're kind of having conversations talking through google translate or if the girls have a few words of english you just make it work um and a lot of a lot of relationships especially in football are built just through unspoken bonds you just either gel with somebody or you don't so yeah it's been really important for me to have them and they've already said that they're going to come over to the apartment for a welcoming party they're going to throw it for me I don't have to do anything um apparently it's Spanish it's a Spanish thing to do so yeah no it's it's been really nice I feel I feel really lucky that I've gone into a team where the girls have been so welcoming from the start obviously from a personal point of view you've got a contract till the end of the season um is that insecurity in the back of your mind that like an injury or um, a life event could derail everything? Or how do you approach that type of scenario or that situation potentially happening in the future? 
yeah, I, yeah, it definitely is a, in the back of your mind of, you know, if I get injured and I, have, and I can't play, what do I do? Will I be supported to stay here? Whatever the case might be. Um, this is my first ever um, one year professional contract. So I haven't had to really think as far as May or June. I haven't really let myself because if something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, and I can't really do much about it. But yeah, I guess for, for for girls who have been doing this for a number of years and as they get older, it probably is a, more of a factor, yeah. You speak to, Sorry. You speak to other players about, about that sort of thing because like we see an awful lot of, I would say, movement and stuff like that. Do you, do you talk to other players, whether it be at home or players who've gone abroad? Do you seek guidance when you're, when you're going to these sort of situations? Yeah, I've made a few friends. Um, since I moved away, girls have been playing for either a number of years or in their first couple of years of being professional. Um, and they always have advice to give because everyone's in a different stage of their journey. Like the players that you meet will be different ages and have had different experiences so far. I've learned so much. I think particularly in my time in Denmark, I learned a lot to take into being here, questions to ask when you get here, you know, things to look for in your contract what to make sure it isn't in your contract, different kind of stipulations and stuff like that. But it's, it's really important to have even a small group of people that you can just kind of text, you know, what do you think about this? Or um, the club has said this to me, or, you know, my insurance policy is like this, whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I would, I would speak to a few people about that kind of stuff. Can you give us an example of something that might be something that's important not to have in a in a football contract now without being too specific or getting you in trouble with a club but like what kind of advice have you been given in that respect that someone maybe watching this who has hopes of going in the same direction as you might learn from not to have um yeah i don't want to name i don't want to name any clubs or get anybody in trouble i guess some in some countries the um the association, it, the contract is almost centralised like it is in rugby. Um, and you are, like when you're employed by a, a company, you are kind of, I, I don't want to say, I don't. I actually don't know what, what, what way to put it into words. I don't think I can answer that question, to be honest. Basically, the, the, where yeah. in rugby in Ireland, for example, the IRFU can dictate what you can and can't do in terms of maybe stuff off the field. So like you yeah. can't be and you can't go, that sort of stuff. Is that kind of what you're alluding to? Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble. Uh, but and do you have an agent? Is that how? Like, how do you end up in in Spain? How did that come about? Yeah, I have an agent, which to me seems absolutely wild to say, because um, that's something that Premier League footballers have, uh, not me. But yeah, I have an agent. Um, he's been brilliant. I I've had him since February, so he got me the opportunity in Denmark and and in Spain. Yeah. What's that like, though? You know, agent calls you, I've got this opportunity or I've got that opportunity. What's that like, you know, getting that phone call up? It's, I was only talking to my mum and dad about this, actually. It's it's very funny how anticlimactic it is um, when you get the call and, you know, you look through, you'll have a call with the coach and you might decide, okay, yeah, let's go for this. But it's just a WhatsApp message to say, yeah, let's do it or, you know, whatever it might be. And like when I accepted this, opportunity in Spain I was sat in the Super Value Car Park in Bray do you know um so it's a lot of the time it's very anticlimactic and it's very just kind of casual texts here and there I have this opportunity I have that opportunity um but and does still... your does your brain immediately go to the football and uh, reality of that contract or is it like oh, 
what am I going to bring? What am I going to pack? How am I going to book my flights? Where am I going to stay? What What's the first thought that crosses your mind when you send that text going, yeah, okay, we'll take it. We'll go with that. I think the first, the first thought for me was, well, you have a one-year contract to play, to play professional football. And it wasn't so much, you know, I need to do this, I need to do that. It was just like, not a well done, but almost like, all right, let's go kind of thing. And then I started thinking, okay, I need to get some things in Super Value now to bring me some suit, some uh, tea bags and some coffee and stuff like that. Yeah. I am the Barrys. I'm going to alienate half the country now. And what's the, what, what's, what's the conversation like with, with family when you turn around and say, I've got a professional contract? Because I know your dad's quite invested in your, your football. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It, we have a family group chat, so I just threw it into the group chat. You know, hi, everybody. This is uh, where I'm going to be for the next year. They're kind of used to me now being all over the place, so it's not the worst. Um, but they're all really excited. For me, the most important thing is that I make as cliche as it sounds is that I make my family and my friends proud. So to text it into the group chat and to see them, see the responses from them is just really nice because, you know, they've been watching me play from when I was a child. So that side of it is, is really nice. Cause you, I usually let it settle a couple of days before texting in just to make sure everything is okay and good to go. Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's an exciting time kind of when that comes around. Um, talk to us about, I suppose, how, the, the whole sphere of women's football because it has taken a big step forward with the World Cup. I know you're stuck in the middle of it in Spain. You'll probably have a, some sort of a watch party planned with the girls on, on Sunday morning as well. Or maybe you don't, I don't know. But um, in terms of the impact it's going to have on attendances in Spain, like we did well at the World Cup. We got there, we competed, we we weren't annihilated by any stretch of the imagination. But Spain have got to a final. Um, what's that going to do to attendances or even just to the buzz around teams like yourself? Um, playing in, in competition which kicks off in what 10 days two weeks mm-hmm. yeah I think it's I think it'll be really good Um, although I think the interest here is huge anyway you know I don't think they have an issue with the attendances at, at this level it'll definitely improve and when we played a friendly last week we went down to just near Seville, Seville to play against the first division team it was just a pre-season friendly but there was a good 100 over 100 people there you know just on the side of an astroturf watching the game um that was i think for me that was a good example of what's to come um and i do think that spain doing so well is going to drive it on especially in the second division um with the attendances yeah in terms of like like how do you, how do the spanish players on your team do they all get together and watch the games is there a big screen in this in the in the, in the club because we see like if you look at England at the minute there's a lot of a lot of trouble over it. The third tier in England should kick off this weekend, and a lot of games are due to be played the same day as the World Cup final. So, what did they do in Spain for the, for the likes to the World Cup? What 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 have they been doing for use? Uh, the club nothing to do with the club, but the girls have been getting together to watch the games themselves. Um, so I haven't gone to see a game with the girls yet, just with the way that they've they've been on the times that they've been on, and I've had to go to the gym or I've had to to do whatever it is. <clears throat> but they've been watching them together, so I imagine on Sunday we'll we'll have a big get together, and I think the captain is is putting something on for us. So yeah, we'll watch the game together. But I think, like you said, with the World Cup, I think it's going to really take off now, women's football, and I feel really lucky to be still playing while that's happening. Like I can feel the growth um, at the moment, and I thought I'd be long retired before 
professional football became a thing in Ireland and I think we're just getting the ball rolling on that kind of thing. So that's exciting and I just hope that we don't assume like Italia 90, like everyone has said, that it's just going to kick on. You know, we actually have to take action um, as a result of how, how well we did at the World Cup because I think we did really well. Obviously, since you left the league, it's turned professional. We do have a number. Um, there's not quite a clear numbers on that, but there's a number of professional players in the league, a number of semi-professional players in the league. Um, is that something that now would be attractive to someone in your situation to come home and play? Or is the travel aspect of it almost a factor in your decisions when you decide where you're going to go next? Uh, it wouldn't be a big enough factor for me now to come home. Um, I think... Down the road at some point, yeah, definitely, I want to retire at home. You know, I've said that to loads of people. It's nothing that I hide. Um, I want to finish playing football at home just because I, for the romantic side of it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I guess. No, that's... So don't come knocking is what you're saying to the... <laughs> yeah. The division clubs. Uh, but not not yet. Maybe in the future. Uh, keep yeah, your, keep yeah. your number in the back of their of, of their uh, file of facts and you will uh, yeah. take the call in a couple of years when you've got the, the wanderlust yeah. out of the system. Um, what's the hopes for the season ahead, Becky? What's the, the plan? Obviously, uh, target and promotion, I'd imagine. But from a personal point of view, as well as the team, what's the uh, the hopes for the season ahead? Yeah, for the, for the team, it's to get promotion we want to we want to be playing in the top division next year um like like everybody says a good run in the cup i think we have a really good chance to um go far in the cup this season just from what the coaches have been saying and the players have been saying so we're looking forward to that for me just honestly this time next year to be proud of how i've done in my first full year as a professional um i feel like i've worked quite hard to be able to just be at this point right now but i'm not ready to be proud you know, and, and satisfied. I'm, I'm proud right now, but I, I, you know, this time next year, I want to say that was good. Okay. Let's level up again. Um, maybe score some goals, maybe score a goal against Barcelona or Atletico Madrid or something like that. That'd be nice. If you're going to pick a team, you might as well pick the top uh, the top yeah. name. Uh, listen, thanks Becky for joining us for the first episode of this, uh, this strand of the show. Uh, we're delighted to have had you. Of course, anyone can keep track of all of the players, uh, Irish players, across the globe on our website finalwhistle.ie just click into the soccer section you'll find it there and you can see all the players across all the major leagues in the world uh, that have irish eligible players in them uh, there's plenty of them there and of course spain in there as well with becky uh, and all of them in that list as well so you're more than welcome to uh, keep an eye on that as the seasons progress of course the american season up and running at the moment everywhere else kicking off in the next fortnight or so uh, and of course the spanish league is part of that we'll be keeping an eye on becky as uh, the season progresses and we wish her the best luck and hopefully we'll be reporting on her scoring goals all over the place uh, from the Bernabeu to uh, to Barcelona as well Becky thanks so much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, best luck for the season ahead yeah, thanks lad I enjoyed that Becky Casson there Aaron uh, we'll be back at the middle, week, middle of the week as normal for our regular show and uh, we will be back with another player from around the globe next week let us know who you'd like to hear from if you if someone's not on our list, 
who is Irish eligible, uh, whether they've got caps or not, or whether they're actually born in Ireland or not, uh, we do want to hear them. We want to put them on our tracker as well. We want to try and uh, create a platform to promote all of the Irish players, Irish eligible players across the globe playing in the professional game. We'll be adding the NCAA as well. So all the Division One players going in there over the next few weeks. Uh, exciting times for Irish women's football. And again, we want to help promote everything from the grassroots right up in that. Aaron, uh, we'll be chatting to you during the week. And Before you go, yep. I want to put you on a spot. Go on. Give me a prediction. Who's winning the World Cup? Oh, it's going to be England. I called them at the start. I, I, I'm not, my heart's not happy about it, but uh, they've been the most impressive side throughout, bar that little bit of a blip they had, I think, against Nigeria. Um, it's been fairly impressive. Lauren James is back. I can't see them been, been beaten at the weekend. Some people, don't, some people might like me saying this, but compared to, I wouldn't say this about the English men's team, but a lot of the English women's team are actually a lot more likeable. And, you know, I've managed to see them win the Euros. And I think they will win the World Cup as well. Uh, Serena Wiegmann, what an achievement. Last four major competitions, she's got to the final. Wow, yeah. as a manager. It's impressive. I saw some stuff uh, on social media saying she was a potential uh, replacement for Gareth Southgate when he goes. I think uh, enough of that chat about women's game and men's game. To me, they're so different. They, they might be the same sport, but they're such different environments and such different things. We'll talk about that uh, as we go on down the road. But listen, thanks so much to Becky Casson for giving us our time today. Uh, best of luck to her for the season ahead. And Aaron, uh, we'll chat in a couple of days. Enjoy the World Cup final.